Hello and welcome to the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I'm Sonny Giuliano. I am joined, as always, by Paul Michael Clark. Paulie, first day of fall was yesterday. I've got a candle burning next to me that is fall leaves scent. Um, what's the weather like back in our hometown of Elba, New York? I know you got some some hot weather over the weekend, but this time of year could be could be goofy. For all I know, it could be 40 degrees there right now. No, it's it's a little cooler, but it was still a nice day. I mean, shorts and a t-shirt at practice today. It was fine. It was a n- nice day. I mean, it was wasn't hot like Saturday, boy. Saturday was a hot one, but not quite fall football weather yet. No, definitely not. I like that time of year. That that's like the that's the one time of the year where. <laughs> I actually prefer elbow weather to Estero weather. And it's it's funny because, like, there's no guarantee that there's any time of the year that you guys are going to get that because, like I said, it's so up and down. Like, you know, a week from now, it could be snowing in Elba for all I know. But yeah. the, that that time when you do get those days that are, like, 65 degrees – and it just it feels like fall, and anybody who, who has lived in western New York or the northeast United States will know what that feels like, but it feels like football weather. So I have this fall uh, fall leaves uh, scented candle, and I'm hoping that it gets me in this, in this football mood. Not that I'm not in a football mood, but it is the, the second day of fall now as we're, we are recording this week four uh week four podcast, three weeks in the books. Um let's get right into it with the top six teams in the NFL. I would say that there is not much movement at the top. Um New England still to me feels like a very safe number one. Would you agree? Yeah. I had, I got no disagreement on that considering they haven't given up a defensive score since the AFC Championship game last year. <laughs> That's a pretty good streak. That uh, that was in January, and, and granted, they weren't playing games for nine months, but still pretty impressive. Um, number two, I have Kansas City. That's who I had at number two last week. I, I don't see any reason why that should change, considering they beat a team that I had in my top six last week. Would you agree on Kansas City? I would. Three, the Los Angeles Rams. I, I believe that we both had the Rams last week at number three. Got a Sunday night football victory in Cleveland. Are you with me on the Rams at three? I am, 100%. Number four, this is where we might differ just a little bit. I have Green Bay, and I had Green Bay um, higher than you did last week. I believe the two teams in contention for us last week were Green Bay and Dallas. So who do you have four? Who do you have five? I have Dallas at four, Green Bay at five. That's fair. And we talked about this last week. It it, it really is just a matter of who you like better at this point. They're both 3-0. and um, they, they both – I think that you could point to, to certain areas in both teams and – and give one team the edge over the other. Dallas, uh, t- to a lot of people's surprise probably, their offense, 
ahead of Green Bay's offense with Matt LaFleur there and a new system. But Green Bay's defense continues to impress me. Um, both teams have pretty big tests in week four, though. Yeah. Yes, they do. Um, I have Dallas spot. Yeah, yeah, two primetime games. Um, so you have Green Bay five, I have Dallas five, six. This is really the only spot up for up for debate, I think. And it's been kind of the spot that we haven't been sure about last week, the week before. Um, I'm not going to overreact to a road loss against a team that is either the best or the second-best team in the NFL, in my opinion. I still have Baltimore in my top six. I imagine, though, you went a different direction. Where do you go with number six? Well, this was a tough one for me. You know, I thought about it and thought about it. And... You know, just as I was getting ready to put Seattle in there, they threw in a real clunker at home. Mm -hmm. So I looked at it, and I thought, who hasn't lost yet? Okay, so you're going right by the numbers, undefeated. Well, I just figure, you know. So I looked at the teams that haven't lost yet, and who who's in that category? I mean, the Buffalo Bills are sitting at 3-0. and You're going Buffalo at number six. I'm going Buffalo at number six. Wow, I love it. I love it. Um, sure. I, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. They, they won two games on the road to start the year. They took care of business. They tried to give away that game to Cincinnati last week. Um, but this, this is a classic, like, AP poll kind of move we're going to boost the team up in the rankings because they have a high-profile matchup coming up the next week. So New England at Buffalo, I'll 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 entertain that idea, and I'll, I'll say I'm fine with Buffalo at number six. But it, it is – it's kind of hard to imagine that heading into next week, our week five podcast, we probably won't still have – Buffalo penciled into that spot. Now, if they can do the impossible and beat New England at home, um, yes, they are. They obviously are worth including at that point. They they will have, without a doubt, earned that spot. Um, but I, I think moving forward, I think that you can make a case for Baltimore. I think you could make a case for Buffalo. Probably Buffalo more so than any of the other undefeated teams. Um, because the other two that we're looking at really are Detroit, who is 2-0-1, who I, they're still a mystery to me, and then San Francisco, who is 3-0, who really tried to give away that game to, to Pittsburgh last week, who didn't they look great. Tried to give it away. Yeah, who, it away. who tried to give away their week one game to Tampa Bay, only Jameis Winston wanted to give it away much worse than them. Um, and then they blew out Cincinnati in, in week two. Uh, so if we're going based on just the wins and we want to give it to an undefeated team, Buffalo, I think, would be the most deserving. But I think that that's a spot that it could be reserved for Baltimore if they if they win against Cleveland. 
Um, it could be reserved for that Bears-Vikings winner. If either one of those two teams win convincingly, I think you could talk yourself into one of those two being the number six team. Um, if New Orleans can beat Dallas on Sunday night football without Drew Brees, I think maybe they're in contention then. Um, but right now it feels like a pretty safe, locked-in top five. I agree. Um, so we'll have to see. But I, I'm good with Buffalo. I, I I like it. There There has frequently been a lot of Buffalo Bills slander on this podcast, even though we're both from Western New York. So let's give them a little bit of credit. Let's hype them up a little bit as they head into this big game. Um, the Shitty Teams Club. Again, hat off to you for, for making the switch in terminology from the bottom six to the Shitty Teams Club. Uh, there is no reason to impeach this president. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are firmly locked into the presidential spot in the Shitty Teams Club. Oh, yeah. I think they're proud to be the president of that club, too. I think so, too. I mean, we talked about this last week. They, It's very clear that the plan this season was we are going to try to lose games. We are going to trade away our good players. We are going to be building for the future. It, it's the closest thing that we've ever seen to an NFL team going full trust the process, Sam Hinkey. Um And they are just doing it brilliantly. Um, the only two teams who have a worse point differential through the first three games of an NFL season were the 1922 Louisville Brex and the 1923 Rochester Jeffersons. Those two teams were so bad that they were kicked out of the NFL. So we'll have to see what happens with the, with the Dolphins. Not looking good for the Dolphins. I have no idea if they were actually kicked out of the NFL, but it, obviously the, the Louisville Brex and Rochester Jeffersons don't have a proud football history. But yes, the Dolphins are the president of the shitty teams club. Vice president, we had co-vice presidents last week. It was basically the state of New York, the New York Jets and the New York Giants. But now after what Danny Dimes did Danny in Tampa Dimes. Bay, <laughs> I, I think we have to remove the New York Giants from the shitty teams club. Yeah, they're out. Um, I would say, though, the Jets are still holding on to that vice presidency. Yep. They got it locked down right now. And they have a bye week, so it's hard to imagine that anybody is going to unseat them from that spot. Secretary? I, I think we have to go with the Washington Redskins. Oh, Case Keenum's bad. We'll get to that. We we are going to have a Case Keenum segment that is often known as the weekly worst. Spoiler alert. And then Treasurer, I say that we make the Cincinnati Bengals-Pittsburgh Steelers Monday Night Football game a, a Treasurer qualifying match. Yeah. I mean, pretty sad, but... I mean, I haven't done any serious research on this historical topic, but this has to be on the short list of the least interesting 
September Monday night football games ever. Sometimes we get stuck with these kind of games that mean nothing in December or even like November. It's just the way the schedule breaks, but it feels like these two teams are dead in the water already. Just no life to either one of them. No. Pittsburgh's defense is just – I mean, last week they got six turnovers or five turnovers and got six points off them. I mean – well, that's not. I mean, that's that's not the defense. That's the offense. No, no. The, de- no, the defense has been thrashed for the first two weeks, and then finally they show up, and the offense puts up six points off of six turnovers. Right. So they're just a disaster. Uh, Cincinnati showed signs of life against Buffalo. They they're down fourteen nothing, and like we said before, that was such a typical Bills game. Where in the past that would have been a game that they lost 17-14, but they, they end up getting that go-ahead touchdown late to to get to 3-0. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think the loser of this game, they go to 0-4. Uh, it, it feels like they, they deserve that, that last spot in the, the shitty teams club. 100% agree. Good. Weekly worse. Uh, there, there were some other candidates. I would say Luke Falk was bad for the Jets. The Jets didn't put up a single offensive touchdown. But he's a third-string quarterback, and he's going up against one of the best defenses in the league. It's his first career start. It just doesn't feel fair to give it to him. Um, Mason Rudolph, he wasn't good. Uh, He had the two long touchdown passes. And then on his other 25 pass attempts, the they accounted for 59 yards. So that's not good. And then there was Case Keenum, who, if you look at some of the numbers and you didn't watch the game and, and you just see the final score and you look and, it, you know, you, you see 30 for 43, that's not bad, pretty good completion percentage, 332 yards. Oh, wow, okay. Just throwing the ball over the place. Good defense. Two touchdowns. All right, I'll take that. Then three interceptions. One was a pick six. Three fumbles, two of which were lost. And some truly terrible throws, even on the plays when he wasn't facing any kind of pressure, which in his defense, he was under fire almost all night. But there was a whole lot of bad in that game from Case Keenum. I mean, that pick six to Aha Clinton Dix was. Uh, absolutely horrific throw. I mean, the couple fumbles with just terrible ball security. I mean, this and Jay Gruden says no quarterback change next week. I thought they might go with Haskins, but well, I think here I think here's the logic. They they have the Giants next week, and to me that feels like the kind of game that maybe you bring them bring them in for. You know, the Giants don't have a great defense. That is theoretically a winnable game. Um, but after that, they, they have New England. And I don't think you want to feed Dwayne Haskins to, to New England. After that, you go to Miami. I think week six is the spot where you put Haskins in. You don't think it would be good if Haskins played against the Patriots? It kind of feels like putting a toddler in in a lion's den. 
just doesn't yeah. doesn't feel doesn't feel fair to the guy. No. Total debacle it would be. So yeah, I think I think I think we're looking at a doozy of a showdown week six. The 0 and five Washington Redskins visiting the 0 and five Miami Dolphins for Haskins to make his debut. <laughs> a game that we will spend seven seconds on. There will be twelve people in the stands. Yeah, there really might be. For seventy five dollars you could stand on the sideline and call two plays. <laughs> oh man, what a disaster both of those two teams are. Um so yeah, Case Keenum we, we talked about it during the game. Uh, he he was making a strong r- running for for the weekly worst right out of the gate. Uh and I, I don't I don't see where the big time competition for him was. So in agreement, Case Keenum, week three weekly worst. Hundred percent winner. Congratulations to Case Keenum. You will soon be benched for a rookie. It's hard mm-hmm. to imagine. You, you stink. It's hard to imagine that you'll get another quarterback job because you stink. But you you do have this weekly worst award to put on your mantle. Congratulations. And, and you got paid because John always a dummy. Good job. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. The funny thing is, we make fun of all these quarterbacks. Each week, they have more money than we'll ever see in our combined lifetimes. So, oh, yeah. really, they're they're the they're the big winners here. <laughs> yeah. All right, week four. We uh, I'm creating some distance, Polly. I, I narrowly edged you out last week. I was seven and nine. You were six and ten. Not a good week for either of us picking football games, but I now have. A three weeks to zero advantage in the standings. I am 27, 20, and one for the year. You are 22, 25, and one for the year. We have three games different this week, so you do have an opportunity to chip away at my early lead. Um, you know, it's really weird. I. I don't I don't know if you feel the same way. Um for whatever reason, it, common sense it seems like it would be that as the season goes on and you watch all these teams, you get a better feel for all these teams. Uh for me it's the complete opposite. I, I went into week one feeling like I knew what all of these teams were. Um it, it was my it was a really solid week of picking for me. Week two, I felt really good. Last week, I was iffy, and the result showed it. Like I said, seven and nine. This week, I I feel like I'm a mess. I had no clue what to do with a lot of these games. Um, are, are you feeling any of that, or, or is it just me? No, yeah. I mean, last week was... Last week, there was a lot of head scratchers. Like, I didn't really know. Same way, like, wasn't comfortable with the picking. Well, the problem is, you know, week one, usually everybody's healthy. So you're getting, right. you know, I mean, now you look at teams like Philadelphia, they're so hurt that, you know, it, you know, just so many teams are banged up. And so, I mean, we'll see. Just got to. 
Yeah, last week there there were some weird ones. Um, the Arizona Carolina game, like I didn't know that that Kyle Allen was just going to be that good. Impressive outing for Kyle Allen. Um, yeah, he he looked. I mean, he looked better than Cam did either of the first two weeks. And I don't want to get I don't want to get too carried away and you know talk about a quarterback controversy or anything. But the guy looked really good against Arizona. But we thought that line was weird. We didn't understand why the Panthers were favored on the road. We we both talked about that. Uh, the entire Hardwood and Hollywood crew went with Arizona that game, and Carolina wins by 18. Uh, Seattle and, and New Orleans. That was another game where everyone on the Hardwood and Hollywood staff, we all went Seattle. We talked about it on the pod. We didn't get why it was only four that Seattle was favored by, and then the Saints win by six. So there there were just some weird ones. Uh, Saints the Jets got – The game wasn't even that close. Right. The Jets, that was a a screwy cover. I mean, they were down 30 to nothing and then got two stupid touchdowns late. Um, just, it, it was a weird slate of... What's that? I said neither of them against the defense. It was right. A muff punt and an interception return. Yeah. So it was just weird, and I felt... I didn't feel comfortable with the schedule, and I don't feel comfortable with it this week, so I have no idea what to expect. Um, but let's start with Thursday Night Football. A big early game for my Super Bowl pick. The 1-2 and two Philadelphia Eagles visiting the 3-0 and oh Green Bay Packers. The Packers are a four-and-a-half point favorite. Um, and, man, the Eagles, like you said, they just keep getting banged up. Um, currently on their injury report, we have Deshaun Jackson, Ronald Darby, Timmy Jernigan, Andre Dillard, Alshon Jeffrey, Dallas Goder, Derek Barnett, Corey Clement. I mean, it, it's it's sad. It's also comical because, like, this has been the bugaboo with them for the last two years. And two years ago, they were able to overcome it because Nick Foles played like a damn superhero in the playoffs. Um, but last year, it's what caught up with them, and it's why they very nearly missed the playoffs. And already it's happening. I feel bad. I, I feel like I put the kiss of death on them. But this is a really tough spot for them, and it's a really big game because you already have Dallas jumping out ahead. They're 3-0. and If you go to 1-3 and to start the year, they still have some really tough games on the schedule. Um, and I, like I said, I don't feel great about it. The, the, I I went with Green Bay. Yeah, I, I also went with Green Bay. I mean, their defense is playing great. Um, Carson Wentz just has, I mean, Zach Ertz, that's really about it for weapons. I mean, you know, both weeks they lost. Guys dropped passes that could have won the game. Um, Playing in Green Bay with that defense flying around on prime time, short week. You know the Thursday night games are usually sloppy and more defensive. Mm-hmm. So you know I'll, you got to take the home team. I like the Packers. And look, we we mentioned it last week. The Packers are only going to get better. It would be foolish for anybody to think that they are peaking early because 
the more time you give Aaron Rodgers to adjust to this new offense, the more dangerous they are going to be. And that's ultimately why I have them ahead of Dallas, just because I feel like they have a level that they can hit, and I'm not sure that Dallas, where they are right now, is much different than where they can be. I think Green Bay still has a level to get to. But on the point of Philadelphia, I pulled up the schedule. They're at Green Bay this week. They get the Jets next week. And even that game is tricky because the Jets are coming off a bye. They might have Sam Darnold back. It's going to be kind of a trap game because if you look at the rest of Philadelphia's schedule, after that Jets game, at Minnesota, at Dallas, at Buffalo, home for Chicago. Four really, really difficult games. Then they have a bye week, and they come back to play uh, New England at home. That's a brutal schedule. It's brutal. And even after that, they have Seattle at home, and and that's not an easy game going up against Russell Wilson. Um, it, It does ease up a bit at the end of the year. They're at Miami, home for New York, at Washington, home for Dallas, at New York in their last five. So it's setting up for the classic, exactly what happened last year. Philadelphia peaks at the right time. They end up making the playoffs, and they knock the Bears out of the playoffs again. I can already see it happening that way. Um, <laughs> At least you're positive. <laughs> you know me with the Bears, Mr. Positivity over here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a dangerous game. They have a really difficult schedule coming up. Weeks 6 through 12 are just brutal. Um, so they're in trouble. And I like Green Bay. I, I think that they... At some point, they're going to have the game where they put up 45 points and their offense just looks awesome. It's going to happen eventually. I don't know when it's going to be, but we both know that it's going to happen. They need some weapons, though, man. I mean, they don't got much around Aaron Rodgers offensively. I I just don't worry about it. I can't... I think I've been just beaten by him so many times that I, I just I feel like it doesn't matter. I don't know. Maybe you're right. You could be right. There are a lot of unproven guys, and we talked about that at the be at the beginning of the season for our division previews. Was you know who steps up? Who is that guy? Can they get a consistent running game in this Matt Lafleur offense that that might value running the ball a little bit more? Can they establish a number two guy after Devontae Adams? Um, what is this scheme going to look like? Will Rodgers thrive in it? Th- those are all question marks. I just feel like at some point that his talent is going to win out. That's just how I feel. It usually does. Yeah. All right. Uh, on to Sunday. The 0-3 Washington Redskins the secretary of the shitty teams club. They are visiting the one and two rejuvenated New York football giants who are a two and a half point favorite at home. This was the one game that I actually had a really good feeling about. I don't get why this line is only two and a half. No Saquon. I guess so, but he, I mean, he was only on the field for 24 of their 65 snaps last week. 
that offense was moving just fine without him. And I, I know they're a lot easier to game plan for heading into the week, but have we seen anything from Washington that they, they should not be at least a three-point road underdog? Oh, definitely not. I, I like the Giants in this one. I do too. I, I that was a that was one of the few games that I didn't have to to think twice about. I, I gotta say, I, I had no strong opinions on Daniel Jones. I can confidently say I maybe watched him in college two times. Um, I thought they reached for him. Everyone thought they reached for him. He looked really good in that game. And granted, it was against Tampa Bay. It's one game. But there were just some throws that he made that were legitimate NFL throws. He looked comfortable. He looked confident. He had underrated wheels. I didn't realize that he, he could run like that. Um, and, and I saw, I read that he, he was facing pressure on 51% of his dropbacks. And he, he was 12 for 16, 192 yards with one touchdown against pressure on Sunday. That's really impressive for a first-time starter. I'll tell you what, too. Evan Ingram was phenomenal in that game Sunday. He was, absolutely. And, I mean, we knew that. We knew that he had all kinds of talent. He's a legitimate weapon. Um, And it's seriously a bummer that Saquon got hurt. This isn't a team that was going to sneak into the, the playoff picture or anything like that, but... Him in that offense with Daniel Jones and, you know, some young guys there, they could at least be fun. Gives them a little sign of life anyway. Yeah, yeah. They're, it was Saquon, we know that they're at least competitive every week. Yep. Um, on to another game who with a quarterback who surprised everyone. We said it before. Kyle Allen for the Panthers. We didn't expect him to be as solid as he was against Arizona, but it's Carolina. They're one and two. They're visiting the two and one Houston Texans. And uh, this was another line that I found a little weird. I, I think I expected Houston to probably be favored by a little more than four. As did I. Superman plays for Houston. He really does, man. Um, I, I I just hope this isn't a case where we, like seven years down the line, the the conversation about Deshaun Watson is, man, if he ever could have had an offensive line. I just really I really hope that that Houston figures it out because the conversations that we could be having about him in seven eight years. It could be like, man, where does this guy rank among like the all-time best quarterbacks? I really think his ceiling is that high. He's really good. Um, really good. And you know, credit to credit to the Houston offensive line. Last week, they only gave up two sacks. It was the first time in eight games that they didn't give up at least four sacks. And you look at the results, and you know, it's what we talk about. When he can throw from a clean pocket, when he's protected, when he has time, he can just pick you apart. 
And that's exactly and what he did. He's got good weapons. Yeah, he has really good weapons. I mean, he has arguably the best receiver in football in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and, and, you know, and there's no other real star on that team. But Will Fuller is serviceable. Kenny Stills is serviceable. And you just look at what he did. He was 25 for 34, 351 yards, three touchdowns. Like, that could be him every week if they could just figure out the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, really, they should be sitting at 3-0 and right now. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, if it weren't for a 58-yard field goal at the gun on the opening Monday night football game of the year, they're 3-0. and I definitely but, like them in this one. Yeah, so do I. I think the the only reason to worry, and maybe this factored into the line, um, the Panthers got to Kyler Murray eight times last week. That could be trouble for Deshaun. Yeah. Deshaun's a little harder to get than Kyler Murray, though. Sure. Completely fair. Um, we'll have to see. But I, I'm with you. I like Houston. All right, the first of... Yeah, first of two battle of the unbeaten, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are sitting at 3-0, and visiting the 2-0-1 Detroit Lions. The Chiefs are a six-point favorite on the road. Um, what do we make of Detroit? I got to tell you, you know, I didn't think they were very good, but... You know, you watch them. They got a pretty decent secondary. Um, you know, this, I mean, they haven't lost. They really kind of threw the first game of the year out. They they blew it. They, they were winning by a lot. Let Arizona back in the game. Um, I like Kansas City in this one, but I think Detroit sticks around for a while. Yeah, you know, they're, I can't figure them out yet. And I, th- I think that this game will, well, at give us an idea of how for real they are. I'm with you. I don't think that they beat Kansas City. I, I like Kansas City to win outright. I think they cover. I do think Detroit can hang in there for a little bit. But I, I think, I, you know, it's a confusing resume. And you touched on some of it. But, you know, they give up this 18-point lead to Arizona week one. They they beat the Chargers. They beat the Eagles, two playoff teams from last year. They should be 3-0. and But even still, I, I just – it doesn't feel like a team that hangs in there for the long haul. They've been outgained in both of their wins. Um, Matt Stafford's been fine, but they have no running game. Kerryon Johnson, who, who a lot of people pegged as, as a kind of a breakout guy this year, He's currently averaging only 2.6 yards per carry. Um, A lot of the numbers, especially offensively, they don't really indicate this is a good team. They're they're middle of the road. They're 19th in in third down conversions. They're 17th in red zone scoring. So there are just some troublesome things. But, you know, like you said, pretty good secondary. Stafford's playing all right. They got some weapons, two solid receivers, a couple good tight ends. Kerryon Johnson might get going. I just think that this is a tough spot for them. 
because I'm just thinking Chiefs in a dome, really, really dangerous. Pat Mahomes on a football field, very, very dangerous. That, that's actually a better way to put it. He, even in expanding on that, Pat Mahomes on a football field when he is not getting pressure is just about unstoppable. Um, the Ravens did get some pressure on him early in that game. He was hit eight times, um, but that was down from the 15 times he got hit against Baltimore last year. So they're keeping him upright more than they did last year against the Ravens. Um, and, I mean, he he is phenomenal always, but he had a 41-4 to touchdown interception ratio last year when he kept clean in the pocket. 134 passer rating. Um, Those are the two best marks ever. And, I mean, it really feels like he could shatter every passing record. It's at that point. It's already starting to build up. Um, If he gets two or more touchdown passes in week four, he's going to tie the NFL record for the most consecutive games with multiple touchdown passes in a career. He's in his second full year as a starter. Um, he passed Kurt Warner last week with the most 300-yard games in their first 20 starts in uh, an NFL career. Um, he joined Tom Brady in 2007 as the only player in NFL history with at least 300 yards, three passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, and three straight games. It, 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 I, I just wonder what the ceiling is for this Chiefs offense. Not only this year, but moving forward. Because it just seems like he should continue getting better. He's impressive. He's, he's fun to watch play football. And I know that that's just about as much praise you can give a Chiefs player. I get it. Um... <laughs> But it's just, you know, it's crazy, especially with Tyreek Hill out. And they they just toss in Miko Hardman, who runs a 4-2-40. They have Demarcus Robinson, Travis Kelsey, like, and Sammy Watkins, who we didn't even mention, who had 190-something yards in the first game of the year. Um, so I like them in Detroit, as do you. The bigger of the two Battle of the Unbeatens in Week 4. The 3-0 and New England Patriots visiting the 3-0 and Buffalo Bills. The Patriots are a seven-point favorite in Buffalo. Um, I'd say this I'll is the game of the week. I'll be there. Really? Yep. Wow. That's cool. Yep. Well, what we might have to do, what we might have to do, we might have to do a podcast like we did last year when I went to the the Bears-Dolphins game where we have to get some insight from you in the, from inside the stadium, and then I could fill you in on what you missed in the early slate because you're not going to be able to keep your eye on that as the game's going on. We might have to change up the format a little bit next week. Yeah. That's cool. Who are you going with? Me and Uncle Joe. Nice. 
that should be fun. Please keep him out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> we won't elaborate on that, but we'll say keep yeah. him out of trouble. Yeah. Um, all right, so there's a distinct possibility that New England can turn this into a route. Uh, but there's also the possibility, and let's just entertain it, since we did say that the Bills are the number six team in the league, that maybe they they hang in there. Maybe they can maybe they can if not pull this upset, they could give their fans a reason to be invested all four quarters. Um we both took New England, but lay out the roadmap for how you think Buffalo can stay in this game. Um they're gonna have to they're going to have to turn New England over. Um, they're going to have to play mistake-free. They're going to have to play a clean game offensively. Um, Josh Allen's going to have to make a lot of plays. You know, they have to make plays with his feet and his arm. Um, you know, it's, it, it's not going to be easy. This Patriots defense is really good. Um, you know, and their offense isn't too bad either. But, <laughs> um, you know, Buffalo's going to have the crowd behind them. And, uh, you know, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde make a lot of plays for that team in the secondary, and then they're going to have to do it again this week. I I tried talking myself into Buffalo. I, I really did. i got to admit it. Um, we made fun of this game a couple weeks ago where we said that, you know, the Bills theoretically could get to three and zero. They, you know, all the Bills fans could talk themselves into into Buffalo winning this game outright. And I got to be honest, I did the same thing. I tried to talk myself into Buffalo. I just couldn't do it. I went with the Patriots. It's hard. To it, yeah, yeah. You know, against against other good teams, I could do it. I could. You know, if it's. Now I don't want to name another team because now then it comes off like, oh, if, if Dallas was going into Buffalo, I'd pick Buffalo. Um, I don't know that that would be the case, but just the fact that it's New England and you know how well prepared they're going to be. They're going to understand that, like, that they're not seriously threatened, but the fact that Buffalo is 3-0, and they they pose a mild threat in the AFC East. Like, they're not going to take this game lightly. Brady's going to be sharp. That defense is going to be really good. I I just, you know, I I hope I'm wrong. I I really do. But I I want New England minus the seven. Next up. I just don't know if the Bills could generate enough offense to you know, if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna win this game, it's going to need to be because, as you said, the very first thing you said, they're gonna need to turn New England over, and they're gonna have to play mistake-free football. I think if they win this game, it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be need to be a bad Brady game, mm-hmm. um, and you you just you can't count on that. The guy's so good, and he's been great forever. Um, so you know if you're if if that's what you're banking on, it's really tough to to talk yourself into that team. Like, like if it's Kansas City, we're just talking about the Chiefs. You don't necessarily need 
Brady to be bad if you're the Chiefs. You just need Mahomes and that offense to be awesome. You, you could theoretically win that game in a shootout. Buffalo can't win that kind of game. No. You, you, you need them to turn over Brady. You need them to force Brady to play bad. I just don't see it happen. Doesn't happen often. No. All right, next up. The one and two Cleveland Browns visiting the two and one Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are a seven point favorite at home. Um, I think the worst thing for the NFL, the rest of the NFL, might be if the Browns end up underachieving this year because then Freddie Kitchens is probably out of the picture and the Browns can hire an honest-to-God good head coach who isn't going to run a fourth-and-nine draw. What a horrible call. Man, he was a disaster in that Sunday night football game. He is actually was probably the, the runner-up for the weekly worst. What a disaster. Because the fourth-and-nine draw was really bad. And then late in the game, when they, they're in the red zone, and it's fourth and goal, and they have all three timeouts with with about 40 seconds left, and they've kept all three timeouts, and he calls one before the fourth and goal play, which ensures that they can't get the ball back if they don't score. It, it, was, it was just a master class in how to F a game up. That's for sure. And the thing is, if you do call that timeout, you better dial up something really nice. It can't just be the same, we're going to have Baker Mayfield sprint outright for, for his life because he's being chased by Aaron Donald and the rest of the Rams' defensive line, and he's just going to throw it up for grabs. And that's what the play call was. Is that how it came in in the huddle? I I, I mean, you have more experience calling offensive plays than I do. Is there a, a shorter name for that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, like you know, I, mean, I write, sprint right, throw that shit up in the air before you get sacked. On the, two. Way, the way it would be is they'll probably like a twins right, uh, sprint right, 72 pass, but it was twins right, sprint right, you run for your life and throw it up in the air. <laughs> Somewhere there was a miscommunication. I don't know if the headsets were screwed up, but that wasn't a good play. I know that. Um, it wasn't a good decision to call that timeout. The fourth and nine draw. Um, man, that was that was. You gave Twitter a lot of ammunition with that play call. Um, I like the Ravens in this game. I felt very comfortable taking the Ravens minus seven. Yeah, I did too. Like I said, when we were doing the top six, I didn't feel like I needed to overreact and take the Ravens out. You know, Kansas City got up in that game. Lamar missed a couple throws, and that was the worry, and we talked about it. You know, in a big game when he needed to match points, when the defense he was facing was a little better, and, you know, Kansas City's defense is nothing to write home about. But he did miss some of those throws, but he also made some really big plays that, maybe three other guys in the league can make on the run. Um, so I think that they'll be fine. I think that 
you know, if if they win that game, then they're they're three and one. Um, the rest of the division, it's going to be one and three, one and three, and zero oh and four. They feel very comfortably like the best team in the AFC North. Yeah, I agree. The one and two, man, I feel bad that you have to miss this game. The one and two, Los Angeles Chargers visiting the zero and three Miami Dolphins. The Chargers are a 16-point favorite in Miami. Yeah, I don't think we need to elaborate on this one too much. I I took the Chargers. Maybe we do need to elaborate. I took the Dolphins. I did. I I took Miami. I'm not sure that the Chargers are good. They they blew that game against Houston last week. They blew one against Detroit the week before. They came damn close to blowing that game to Indy in week one. This just feels, even if the Chargers are in control the whole game, this feels like a backdoor cover for Miami. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I just had a hard time picking the team that's, you know, I mean, whew, I I gave it a look. That is a lot of points, but it's a lot of points, and they—I mean—they conceivably could have covered last week against Dallas. They should have been winning the game at halftime against the Cowboys. I just think it's a lot of points. The Chargers are going west to east. One p.m. kickoff. I'll take the Dolphins. I'll take a shot. Okay. The one and two Oakland Raiders visiting the two and one Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are a six and a half point favorite. Um, man, Shakoli Brissett. You know, we we thought that there'd be some sort of drop off from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett, and there is, but maybe not quite as steep as we thought it was going to be. Playing good football. Against Atlanta last week, he started 15 for 15, 173 yards with a touchdown. He is currently leading the league in red zone passer rating. It's either passer rating or completion percentage that I saw. Um, He's just been solid. He's been really, really good. Um, I, I don't think that they could theoretically ask for him to do any more than he's done. Um, and even in their lone loss, he made all the big plays late that put them in in contention to win that game. Um, I, I, I like this Colts team. I, I do. I was worried about them coming into the year. I picked them to go 7-9. and nine. I didn't think that they would contend for a playoff spot. But I think that they're pretty solid. That's still a pretty good defense. They got some weapons. They could run the ball a little bit. Um, I took them minus the six and a half over your Raiders. Yeah, I did the same. I'm going to start doing what you do with this pick against your Raiders every week like you do with the Bears. So. Look, you told me last week I was sick. Maybe it was two weeks ago. You told me that I was sick for, for picking against the Bears. If you're going to do what I do, you at least owe me an apology. No, I told you you were sick because you picked. Who'd you pick over him? <laughs> Case Keenum. <laughs> oh <my>. Yeah. 
it was it was last it was last week. I picked Case Keenum in the Redskins. Okay. Thank you. Because after you told after you told me I was sick, I made the point. Well, I'm two and zero doing this so far, so you really have no right to call me sick. Right. Because I was right the first two weeks. It just happened that Keith Keenum pulled his pants down and took a big poof on the field. But anyway, I, I support your decision of going against the Raiders every week. Uh, the one and two Tennessee Titans visiting the one and two Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons yeah. are a three and a half point favorite. Yuck is a good way to describe this game. Um, I took Atlanta. I don't know. I took Atlanta also. On to the next one. Yeah. The one and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the three and O oh Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are a ten point favorite. I think we gotta give a little credit to James Winston. I will not do such a thing. Um, All right. Then I'll <laughs> then I'll briefly give credit. That was a spot that he was put in when, when the Bucks go down thirty two thirty one where nine times out of ten, that game ends with him throwing an interception. That's not how the game ended. He led the Bucks into field goal range with a beautiful deep ball to Mike Evans, who roasted Janoris Jenkins. He was killing the Giants all game. And then it was the kicker, the kicker who screwed them out of the win. He missed a 34-yard chip shot. I just want to, you know, Jameis Winston is a punching bag. He's a five-time weekly worst award winner. I don't take any of that back. He did what he needed to do in that game. So I'll say that. I think he's going to be an unmitigated disaster against the Rams. I, I like Los Angeles. Rams defense looks really good. Um, yeah. Somehow, Ahead somehow, of the offense. Somehow Aaron Donald got better. I don't know how it's possible. <laughs> um, he's a freak. He's going to – Jameis Winston's having bad dreams about him all week. And uh, uh, I really like the Rams in this game. I do, too. I, I thought I thought 10 was actually a little low. Um, hey, where do we rank Cooper Cup among the – I don't know if the conversation should be the best wide receivers in football or the most underrated. Wide receiver in football. How about, but how he's about awesome. Possession receiver. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. I, I think he's the best possession receiver in football right now. Yeah, he's really good. Sure-handed, really good route runner. Yeah, I, I, think he, I think he's the most reliable guy of all those Rams receivers, I think. It seems like he always makes plays after the catch. I just really Security like him. Like Security. Yeah. Yep. I think yep. the Rams like big. Yep, I'm with you. Next up, the two and one Seattle Seahawks visiting the O two and one Arizona Cardinals. The Seahawks are a five point road favorite. This was actually one I had. What's that? Seahawks could very easily be sitting at zero and three right now. 
Yeah, and that's why I, I had to pause with this game. Because they, they I mean, they, they we talked about it on the podcast. They were outgained by 200 yards in that game against Cincinnati. They very well could have lost that one. They They nearly gave away the game against Pittsburgh. Then they lose last week. It's the first... Uh, their, their first road loss in the Pete Carroll era in September. I, I just don't know what I'm going to get from them week to week, except from Russell Wilson, who's going to be very good every week. But other than that, I just feel like there is so much inconsistency with the rest of that roster. I really had to think about taking Arizona in this game but I, I feel like there will just be a sense of urgency for Seattle. And I trust Russell Wilson to go in and get a win on the road when they need it. Maybe Arizona covers this game, but I took the Seahawks. I also took the Seahawks. Uh, hopefully Pete Carroll doesn't get hit in the face with a ball before the game. <laughs> maybe we could just, maybe we blame that loss on the fact that he was possibly concussed. He was something. That nose wasn't looking good. I mean, he got Marsha Brady pretty good before the game. He did, boy. He got dotted. <laughs> hey, I, I was looking up some stuff about, like, personnel usage. So the Cardinals have run four wide receiver, one running back sets, 104 more times than the next close team in the NFL so far. Not air raid offense, man. Actually, it was surprising to me how much more they used it than everyone else. I mean, it dwarfed the rest of the league. Yeah. Funny stuff. All right. Not battle of the unbeatens, but a battle of two really solid teams. The two and one Minnesota Vikings visiting the two and one Chicago Bears. The Bears are a two and a half point favorite. I mean, I think you you know where I went. You picked Minnesota. I like the Bears at home. I think they get turnovers, and I think they win the game. That's fine. I I, I agree with you. I think they get turnovers. They, they do that very well. Well, they they did it well last week. They hadn't forced the turnover the first two weeks, but even still, um, here here's what I worry about with this game. And this is not just me doing my thing like I did last week, picking against the Bears, against Washington, and stuff like that. They might be without Akeem Hicks for this game. And... In two games against Minnesota last year, he was their best defensive player because he just dominated the interior of that line. Um, He got all kinds of pressure on Kirk Cousins. It's the biggest reason why the the Vikings couldn't get anything going on the ground against the Bears last year. And this is a team that runs the ball so well. I mean, we really need to start talking about Dalvin Cook as one of the best running backs in the NFL. If the Bears are missing Akeem Hicks in this game, it changes the the dynamic of everything. Because he is their best run stopper. He is their best interior pass rusher. That just changes so much of what gives Minnesota fit 
playing the Bears. So if he's not right and if he can't go, the Bears are in real trouble. Even if he can, though, and here's the other thing that worries me. If they, they could force all kinds of turnovers with Kirk Cousins. But Mitchell Trubisky could give just as many back. Um, the, 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 their offense finally got something going last week. And until that red zone interception that Trubisky threw later in the game, he looks pretty good. He looked pretty comfortable. They're playing with more tempo, which I liked. Um, I'm just not sure yet that they that's the kind of offensive effort that they're going to bring to the table every week. So, yes, I'm picking against the Bears because I could win both ways. I want to make sure that the Bears don't lose the game outright and I get nothing from it. But this is also a really dangerous game, in my opinion. Yeah, I figured it would be. Again, though, uh, I I hope you are right. It's definitely a tough game. I mean, you know, the Bears need more out of their offense. You know, I got to tell you, I haven't been crazy with Matt Nagy's play calling so far this year. Uh, He's totally made. He's totally abandoned the run. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just tough. It's it's tough to line up and throw every down when you got a quarterback that's last name isn't Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, so, what this offense should be is using the run to set up the pass. They were so excited about David Montgomery coming into the year, and for good reason. The guy... The the way that he can make defenders miss and he, the way he can just bounce off tacklers, it's really impressive. And, and you know, some of the numbers that he's put up so far this year don't really do justice with some of the runs that he's had where it, it's just a four-yard run, but he, he shakes one guy and runs over another and he ends up with four yards. But they should be using him more. They should be using Cordero Patterson more. They should be using the run game to set up the pass, more play action, more misdirection, get Trubisky easy throws. When you're relying on him to throw 25 times and a half, that's just not the recipe for success. No. So, you know, and until he – and maybe he doesn't need to be Mahomes, but until he's ready to do that, use the other weapons at your disposal. That's all I hope on a for. Scale, on a scale of one to ten, how sick are you? How sick of seeing the stat that the Bears could have had Deshaun or Pat Mahomes? I, I, I mean, I don't. I, it, it, I try. I on a daily basis, I try not to let that ruin my day. <laughs> I mean, I it's something that I—it's something that I actively have to to do. I have I to tell myself, "Don't be upset about this today." And look, you were there with me the night they drafted Mitchell Trubisky. I, I told you the one guy I don't want them to draft is Mitchell Trubisky. Not only did they draft Mitchell Trubisky, they traded up to draft Mitchell Trubisky when they could have traded back to get Deshaun Watson, who I loved coming out of college. We both loved him. Or Patrick Mahomes, who is freaking revolutionizing the way that football is going to be played. So, yeah, 
But when when I asked to hear that they could have drafted Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, it, it's a huge, pardon my French, fucking bummer. I got to tell you, I might be half a Bears fan if they would have drafted Deshaun Watson. I know you would have. You love Deshaun. He, it's, he was your favorite non-Florida Gator player ever, I think. Oh, I love me some Deshaun. Still I do. do, too. I do, too. Bears have a much better offensive line than the Texans do. Yep, they sure do. All right, next up. Man, you, you just... That was a huge bummer that you asked me that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> the 1-2 and two Jacksonville Jaguars visiting the 0-3 Denver Broncos. The Broncos are a three-point favorite. What's that? Real barn burner here. Give me the Jaguars. Well, I'll I'll also take the Jaguars, but have you yet have you succumbed to Minshew Mania yet? He's he played pretty good the other night. Yeah, I I like him. I do like him. Completing seventy four percent of his passes, six hundred and ninety two yards, hundred and ten passer rating. He's good, man. I'm, I'm telling you. I, I I can't wait to, to see where Nick Foles is playing next year. That'll be interesting. I like Jacksonville too. Uh, I'm sure you saw the stat. It was floating around Twitter. No team had gone three consecutive games without a sack or a takeaway since sacks became an official stat in 1982 until the 2019 Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, not not a good start. They gave up six sacks to Green Bay. Jacksonville got to Marcus Mariota nine times. I, I think the Jags defense, I, I I told you last week, man, I, th- I think that Jags defense is still good. As tumultuous as some of the stuff going on there is, I, I just I think that they could ride this Minshew Mania thing and uh, still a pretty solid defense to the relevancy. All right, Sunday night football. The three and O Dallas Cowboys head to New Orleans to face the two and one Saints. The Cowboys are a two and a half point favorite. This one's lacking a little bit of luster with Drew Brees out of the picture, but New Orleans they're able to get a big win in Seattle last week. So at least they come in with a winning record. Um what do you make of this one? I like the Saints at home. I no. Uh I don't know. I, I mean, the the schedule gods have been very friendly to Dallas. Let's say the start yeah. of the year. I mean, let's face it; they're three and all, but they'd be in the Giants at home at Washington. With Eli, what's that? It was with Eli. It wasn't Danny Dimes in yet, right? So it was Eli's Giants, Case Keenum's Redskins, and Josh Rosen and the Awesome Dolphins. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Saints. This this is going to sound funny, what I'm about to say, and, and you're probably going to... Well, hold on. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. I, I want to guess what you're about to say. 
you don't think the loss of Drew Brees is is as big as most people do? I really don't. I kind of feel the same way. I, mean, I got to be honest, I do. It's not Drew Brees from three years ago or two years ago, even. I mean, he's just not himself. I, I don't. I really don't. I think they're getting got a quarterback now with a stronger arm. I mean, the only thing they don't have is their leader, and that's big. But I mean, they got a, a more mobile guy, um, a stronger arm guy. I don't know. Here's the thing, I mean, though. You, stronger arm guy, but they didn't let him push the ball down the field much against Seattle last week. I was looking up some stats, and NFL, they have this, this next-gen stats thing that's pretty cool. But they showed that his average completion only tra- traveled 1.8 yards per completion. So they weren't letting him push the ball down the field too much. They're you know, throwing a lot of underneath stuff, um, which I think I think was fine. But I, I do yeah. wonder when when they're going to let uh, unleash Bridgewater a little bit more. If it will come in this game in the dome with the crowd, you know, riled up. But what I like, what I like about what New Orleans did last week: twenty six touches for Elvin Kamara, or I'm sorry, twenty five touches. Um, but he had sixteen rushing attempts, ten targets in the pass game. That's that 25 to 30 touches is what a guy like Kamara should be getting because he's awesome. He is fantastic. Um, And I think that that should be the recipe when Breeze comes back. And, you know, they do a fine job of getting him involved in in the pass game. He's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league. But, you know, I want to – I want to see him getting up to 25, 30 touches per game. You know, he had 16 rushes last week. He had 26 in the first two weeks combined. So I like that they're giving the ball to him a little bit more on the ground. Uh, He's their best weapon. Get him involved more. This is is a pretty good Saints defense. Yeah. you know, for the time being, maybe they could ride that. However, I did go with Dallas in this game um, just because their offense has been clicking so much, and they have a lot of talent defensively. I just, heading into the year, I, I neither of us really big on the Saints. I had them winning the division, but you didn't. And I didn't feel great about it. but some of the problems that they they have shown to have early in the year, I think Dallas can exploit them. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints won this game, but I took the Cowboys. Real doozy at Monday Night Football, yeah. My goodness. 0-3 Bengals, 0-3 Steelers. We both took Pittsburgh. Um Plug your plug your next Notre Dame football game. You guys are three and zero. We are. We're three and zero. We go on the road now for two straight. We play Friday night. You know, uh, playing a team that's zero and three. Um, you know, you know, we, we, the 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 biggest thing for us right now is, is our kids got to stay hungry. You know, we had a big game this week. I mean, kids are kids. They they know. You know, they know the team we're playing hasn't won a game. 
So, you know, the hardest part is to keep them motivated and keep their, you know, keep their ears pinned back and let them stay hungry. I mean, this group is, um, they have one goal and, uh, you know, and it's to raise a block in a few weeks. And I think, uh, I think we're going to go on the road and take care of business for these next couple of weeks. I, I just feel like this group's different. Um, you know, they, they've seen different all year and, uh, you know, our defense is great. Our offense is, you know, pretty damn good. And we just got, you know, we got a lot of dudes. I mean, the us, you know, me and, and uh, Uncle Joe and the other coaches talk about it all the time. I mean, you know, we just got dudes all over the field. And when you got dudes all yeah. over the field, it's it's easy to, it's easy. It makes our job a lot easier. I can vouch for that. You know, I've watched at least, I've watched good portions of all three of your games so far. Um, you got a lot of talent for for you know class D high school football. You guys have a lot of talent. You guys are looking good. I'm obviously happy and proud of all of you. You know for getting these guys ready. Uh, I'll be anxiously waiting to hear how you do this week because the game won't be on. Um, but we'll uh, we'll have to talk about it a little bit more next week. You know, we talked about it before. Uh, I'd just throw some few stats out there for the listeners. Uh, we're outscoring our opponent uh, one thirty-three to thirty-three right now. Um, our defense has given up a negative four yards rushing on the year. Um, you know, last week we played the number three ranked team in the state. Um, we limited uh, their D one prospect wide receiver to two catches for 44 yards. Uh, they ran the ball for six yards against the three-man front. So, you know, our kids are hungry. Um, you know, two years ago, they were a laughing stock. Nobody told them they were any good. And, uh, you know, now now hopefully they get their last laugh as they walk out the door as seniors with a, with a championship. Good. Keep them hungry. I'll be rooting for you from down here in Asteros, Florida. Um, Polly, it's been fun. Week four podcast in the books. We'll be back next week for the week five NFL pod. Take care, buddy. All right. Sounds good, my man. Have a good night. All right. You too.